Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. If you are listening to this on this Cyber Monday, congratulations, you have made it through the Thanksgiving holiday 2022. Ramdas likes to say, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. And I felt that hard over the last couple of days. Not so much like I have in the past. I'm going to go into that a little bit, but I'm really here to tell you guys that the holidays are extremely stressful. The tests that we have to face as spiritual beings having a human experience during the holidays go unmatched. They are sometimes immeasurable in their magnitude for disturbance. And I certainly used to experience that, particularly with the Thanksgiving holiday. Christmas was always a clusterfuck because there's a lot of alcohol that would be flowing at our house. I don't remember half of my Christmases. But Thanksgiving always seemed to be one of those those weird ones. So I want to just kind of get into what to expect for the last month of the year. I talk about this in the Holiday Survival Guide, um, which you can find at ebook.getthefuckoff.com or in the episode notes of this episode. But I wrote an ebook which was based off of my best writing from the last two holiday seasons about things that you can expect because for some reason, even though we live you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, from one year to the next, it seems that we always forget what to expect. And so I wrote the survival guide and I'm going to talk about some of these concepts on this podcast because I think that it's worthwhile to note going into the month of December what you should expect and why December always gives us the feeling like we're toppling down an escalator. I used to think it was because I worked in Times Square. And Times Square during the holidays, particularly 10 years ago at the restaurant that I worked at, was insane. I mean, I remember one day standing outside smoking a cigarette during the holiday season and I was pushed, like my body was pushed against the window of the the, the front window of the restaurant. Like there were so many bodies and they hadn't expanded the sidewalks and there was just so much going on and I just couldn't move. I think that there was actually one year where I had to go in the Spanish American Institute, which is on 44th Street. And, you know, you have to kind of know the back way to walk through the back hallways of the building to get to like the place that we had to get to. And 
I just remember having to do that one year. We also had to do that, ironically, the night that Donald Trump was elected president. We had to leave that way because of the commotion in Times Square. There wasn't actually commotion. There was just uh, crowds and like pin drop silence. But that's a whole other, whole other topic. So I just remember the, the holidays always being chaotic when I worked in Times Square. And I thought, well... My holiday season always feels chaotic because I work in Times Square. So, of course, my holiday season in this shopping center of America, the crossroads of the world, feels chaotic. Because it is chaotic. Except that in the 2020 pandemic year, when nothing was open and I didn't have that job, and I wasn't drinking my worries away every single evening, December still felt like I was toppling down an escalator. And I'm like, well, if I still feel this way and I took away the job and I took away the stores and I took away the bars and I took away the drinking and I took away the people and I took away all the the reactive behavior and I took away everything, why the fuck does December still feel like I'm toppling down an escalator? And the reason is because December is a 20-day month. I mean, especially if you are in observance of the Christian holiday of Christmas. Now, Hanukkah usually falls around the same time, and of course there are other observed holidays around that time as well, Kwanzaa, um, and just others. Like, I know there are others, others that are not ones that I know about. And uh, I apologize for my ignorance, but I know that there are other holidays that are observed in different parts of the world around that time of year. Christmas is the big one that we observe here in the United States, with Hanukkah being the other major one that happens Usually sometime around that time. And even if you don't observe the Christian holiday, even if you observe the secular holiday, or even if you observe nothing, the truth is we still have like bank holidays that happen around that time because Christmas observed is a bank holiday. And chances are, if you live here in the West, most of your, you know, or a good percentage of the people that you work with or the people that you know or the people that you're friendly with probably observe a major holiday around in or around the 24th 25th 26th of December let's just go out on a limb and guess that all right well December is a 20-day month because literally nothing not literally nothing figuratively nothing (laughs) figuratively nothing happens after the 20th of December People just stop doing shit after the 20th of December. So we always think, oh, well, December, we've got 31 days in the year. But we don't. The productivity, the Western motor just slows to a halt, a screeching halt on the 20th of December. Nothing happens afterward. Nothing. And what we do is we give ourselves all this anxiety about all of these things that we allegedly need to accomplish before the 20th of December. But we forget that everybody else in the world is experiencing the same thing. So the big, the big thing for December to understand is that it's not that December is more stressful. It's that we have an expectation that December is going to be like October or July or every other 31-day month that exists, and it's just not. Because we have to get everything done that we want to get done, including all of our shopping and all of our wrapping up of major projects at our jobs. Chances are there are things like maybe fiscal years are ending. Maybe budgets need to be submitted. Maybe there's projects that can't carry over into the new year. Like there's there's a million and five different options for why we might need to quote air quotes do something right 
And so we put all this pressure on ourselves to get it done, you know, forgetting that every single other person that's in our sphere, whether it be in our social circles or whether it be in our family circles or in our professional circles or anything like that, every single other person is screeching to a halt at the same time. And we might give ourselves like this this guilt trip that we are not doing enough because we are taking time off starting on December 22nd or something like that. But so is everybody else. Like that's the part that we forget. In December, we tend to forget that there are everybody else's that also exist. So another thing that makes December very stressful is the fact that people forget that other humans inhabit the planet in the month of December. People forget that other humans are there. I have told this story so many times on this podcast, but I'm going to tell it again. Told it in the Holiday Survival Guide. It's about when I was working in Times Square and every single Wednesday, other people, people would come into our restaurant and they would be expectant to get lunch before they go to their Wednesday matinees. And they would assume they would see a restaurant and they would say, oh, well, there's a restaurant. That restaurant's open. I, I should go into that restaurant and I should be able to get my food in 25 minutes. Well... Maybe if you came on Tuesday or on Thursday or on Monday, that would be the case. But because you're coming on Wednesday, when everyone and their brother and their brother's niece twice removed, or I don't even know what that means, is coming in at the same time to see a show at the same time, sweetie, there's just so much space on the grill. Like, we only got so many baskets we could throw into those fryers. Like, there's an influx of humans, and there's only so many humans that we can employ to serve the humans and the influx of humans. So, yeah, logically, in your little logical mind, it should take 25 minutes for you to get lunch. But on a Wednesday at the same time as every other human, it takes 45. Sorry about it. And if you want us to defy the laws of of physics and cook chicken to a point where it's not raw, good luck. I don't care what anybody says. A burger cooks faster than chicken in any single everybody's kitchen. You cannot, cannot, cannot take chances with chicken. But that's an aside. People forget that other people inhabit the planet. It's kind of like a couple of months ago I posted on my LinkedIn about how Grubhub did a promotion here in New York where they wanted to buy New York City free lunch. So they gave everybody like this $15 credit. And they were like, here's a $15 credit. I posted it on my LinkedIn. If you guys want to go stalk me on LinkedIn, you can probably find the post. Um, They said, okay, here's a $15 credit. Go and spend your money and lunch is on us. New York City. We appreciate you. What a great idea, Right. Except for the fact that they didn't tell anybody that they were going to do it. So all of these restaurants didn't staff appropriately. They didn't buy appropriate amount of product. All of a sudden, we've got millions of people in New York City that are like, hey, what a good idea. I'm going to get free lunch. And the places were inundated. There weren't enough drivers to run the food to all of these different people. And there weren't enough employees to make the food. I mean, I remember going into my typical um, smoothie place, which is on the street that I live on. And walking in, and I placed an order, and I walked in there, and I saw the tickets, like the tickets from the the orders, um, just printed, like like just so many of them. And the the employee that was working, I know him well. Um, I said to him, you know, I don't know what what's going on, but it it allowed me to order, but it told me that I had to queue the order, and he's like, I turned it off. He's like, I don't know what's happening. What's happening? And I told him about the promotion. And he's like, Well, it would have been nice if somebody had told us. Grubhub like didn't realize that like. There are more things at play than just, hey, you offer a promotion and people take the promotion. Like, you got to think about, like, 
product available. You got to think about staff. You got to think about drivers. It's like other humans inhabit the planet. Maybe you weren't aware. The same as the people going to the matinees just like weren't aware. And people were all angry because they had an expectation. Their expectation was, I'm going to order my thing on Grubhub and I'm going to get it. Well, that expectation went out the window because they also didn't take into consideration that, oh shit, there's many millions of us here. We all have the same idea. Imagine that. Um, The same with the matinee goers. They came into our restaurant and they were all mad because why can't they eat? Maybe you could have taken into consideration the fact that there are a million other humans. It's like we forget that other humans inhabit the planet. So, In December, it's not that we mind going shopping for three hours. It's that we don't budget three hours of time. We don't budget the time or the understanding that the product might not be available because, oh my God, every single other person also had the same idea. So it takes longer to park. It takes longer to pee. It takes longer to order some lunch when we're there. It takes longer to wait in line. It takes longer to try on clothes. It takes, it, it takes more effort to find a card because why are there only three cards left? I don't understand. Then you got to go to four different stores. It's like we just forgot that all of the other people that happen to exist are doing the same thing at the same time with the same expectation. And it's like everything, just everybody just forgets. Like everybody just forgets from one year to the next. It's like we just, we had the experience and oh my God, it's a year later and we've forgotten. It's like, how could you forget? Like this is the thing about, and I talk to people about this in personal development. And I said to, and and I noticed an an, an observation in my group. Um, one of my members heard another one of my members speaking, and she said, "Well, you know, I I made a note that you said this a couple of weeks ago." And then that second member said, "You know, oh, that was actually very helpful. It was very helpful that you brought that up." Um, this happened with me and a one-on-one client a couple of months ago when they were talking about something that they were struggling with, and I said, "Well, remember that podcast episode that you listened to a while ago when this this actor that you really admire was talking about struggling with the same thing?" And this client said, "Oh, I had forgotten all about that." We, we forget about shit in our experience. I don't know why we forget, but we forget. So if something is particularly impactful, write that shit down. Pull it out of your mind. Write that shit down. I just had an experience like this when I was coming back from Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving. I was going to take the train, which is about an hour away from my mother's house. My mother had offered to drive me to the train because the bus, which is only 10 minutes from her house is $63 because inflation is a bitch. Um, The train is $23. So she said, why don't you just buy the train ticket and I'll drive you to the train. I enjoy driving you to the train. Um, We'll talk on the way to the train. We'll get a coffee. We'll go and we'll we'll get some lunch and we'll we'll do all this stuff. And I was like, this is great. Amazing. So we, I buy the train ticket. We're on the road. Well, torrential downpour. Great. So the torrential downpour happened and it said that we had an hour and change drive and then within a few minutes at that time bumped way up and we got into traffic and even though the GPS factors for how much traffic we're going to be in, my mother looked at it, she looked at the road, she assessed the situation, she's like, we can't afford to hit traffic one more time and noting that, that with rain people somehow forget how to drive, she's like, we're not going to go there. We're not going to, I'm not driving you to the train because 
you're not going to make it. We'll end up driving an hour and you're, you're not going to make it. I know you're not going to make it. And I was thinking, you know, I also know that I'm not going to make it. And further, it's a torrential downpour and I don't particularly want you driving in a torrential downpour because I love you and, you know, I kind of want you to live. So we decided to do the bus. So I bought a last minute bus ticket and then we went, we went to Starbucks and we had a Starbucks together and we, we enjoyed our Starbucks and everything like that. And um, the bus company actually had scheduled extra buses so that they could accommodate everybody that was going to be going back to New York. And I'm going to tell you what, everybody, like I normally don't do things like air quotes on the day everyone else does it, but I like, I, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to go back on Sunday this year, whatever. Um, I got two. Secaucus. I mean, this was like, this was traffic, like unimaginable. It is a two and a half hour drive. That bus ride was probably like well over three and a half hours. And I got to Secaucus. So just so you know, Secaucus is in New Jersey. If if you were taking New Jersey transit, it would be the first train stop out of the city. The train uh, ride from New York City to Secaucus is 12 or 13 minutes. I pulled up my GPS to Port Authority bus terminal on the road as we're sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic in Secaucus, which is 12-minute train ride outside of the city, 12 to 13-minute train ride outside of the city. You can look that up. Took a screenshot. 55 minutes into the city. And I thought, I'm going to write this down, and I'm going to note this for next year. What we do is we don't keep track of our experiences. We don't write down our experiences. We don't make a note of things. We don't learn from ourselves, from our mistakes. Not that they're mistakes. There's always, everything is learning. But if you're doing the same thing twice and having the results that you don't like, it's like, oh. So a couple of years ago, I started noting that December is a 20-day month. So now when I'm going into December... I don't feel it anymore because I am prepared. I know when I go out shopping to budget three times as much time because the brain doesn't really mind that it takes a long time. The brain really is pissed off about unmet expectations. The brain is a prediction calculator. It keeps you alive by going through a series of predictions. Its ease in the world happens by making a series of predictions it likes to predict how people are going to be and we're going to talk about that a little bit later and how things are going to be and if those things are any deviation from what it has already predicted it just goes fucking nuts the brain's just like what the fuck i didn't expect this this is awful respond with anger and frustration like it just does that all the time so it's very good that we just take a moment and say okay we're here now we're going to budget for extra time We're going to get ready. We're going to plan for everything to take longer. We're going to plan that this month is only 20 days. It doesn't matter that it says the month is 31 days. No one is doing anything between the 20th and the 31st. I mean, I'm a business person and like I do, I like I'm not, I don't do any business in that time. (laughs) Like I could be writing emails. No one's reading them. Um, It's just, it's just a thing. We're with our families, we're traveling, we're in airports, we're not in our usual everyday stuff. So let's just get ready now. Now the second thing that that I mentioned about the brain wanting to predict is a lot of the reasons why we have this holiday um, triggers. And and I'm going to talk about this. I'm actually, if you guys are interested, just make a note of this. I'm doing a class tomorrow, 1129 at 7 p.m. Eastern on all takes hq or just all takes uh all takes is a new um 
online space, virtual hosting space for female entrepreneurs to run their virtual events. And I am starting up there. So Get the Fuck Off has a space on All Takes. All Takes is awesome. I mean, I really love the round table feel. It's it's way cooler than Zoom. We've got a chat space. I'm doing a class tomorrow at 7 p.m. It's totally free. So if you're listening to this on or before November 29th, 2022 there is a link in the show notes to register but if if it's after that still go and and register because or still go to that space and join it if you can I think that there's a way because I'm going to be doing um events closer to the holidays as well in that space so I want to formally invite all of you but I'm doing a class tomorrow on on this I'm going to talk briefly about it but in terms of family triggers we have an expectation a lot of times that people are going to be exactly as they were so there's two ways that we could go about looking at this and one is well that's fine um and two is also let's remember and also let's not remember. So I know that sounds a little bit confusing. So let me talk about what I'm what I mean. So I think that a lot of times we get the most frustrated with our family members because they operate with a version of us that is dated. So whoever we are, they believe that we are a previous version. Like their last interaction with us, their last memories of us, their last whatever of us is not the most up-to-date version. So we go into a situation thinking that we're going to be seen as exactly who we are and who we believe that we are and the way that we believe that we are cool and they're operating with something that isn't us so they'll they'll say things sometimes or they'll make assumptions about us or they'll they'll act in a certain way where it triggers us and it gets us activated family can trigger us like so much easier than other people So a really good way to to negate that is to just accept people for who they are. I know that sounds hard, but there is no changing a person. Even if you want to, even if they seem ignorant, even if they are expressing themselves in a way that is incongruent with your values or whatever, if if you're really that, um, if you are in danger in some way, do not attend the gathering. But if you're not in danger, if it's just a perceived danger, perhaps, like the danger isn't isn't imminent, but it's it's just perceived. Um, There is ways to there are like the the best way to do that to 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 navigate that is to remain non reactive. Now. I understand that some people actually might be experiencing danger. And again, if you're experiencing danger, I strongly suggest that you don't um, put yourself in a position where you could be harmed in any way. That is not something that I advocate for, to be harmed or to allow yourself to be harmed. And also, something that I want to bring up is that sometimes you feel like you're in actual danger when you're not. So I want to like talk about something that happened this, like two things. I want to like share two things from my Thanksgiving that happened. So one of the things that happened was that I have been doing, I have been attending workshops put on by the brilliant Simone Soul and Melissa Tears. They are doing a three-part free workshop um, in preparation for their coaching course that they are going to be doing. I so, so, so want to attend this course. I don't know if I can get the money together this year. Um, However... I will say that if they ever do it again, I will be in attendance because 
this is it's brilliant. Like some of the stuff, it, it, I just love the way that they communicate and I love the way that they present themselves and I just love the way that they show up as leaders in um, – in the world. I think that it's beautiful. I do have a lot of training, but I always want to sharpen my sword. And um, I'm attending this three-part workshop series. And Melissa Tears talks a lot about hypnotic techniques. And she also talks about, um, she talks about neurolinguistic programming and neuroscience and all of this really cool brain work kind of stuff. And I was watching a video at my mother's house on memory. Now, this was not new information to me, um, the, a video that they did on memory. It's not new information to me that our memories are inaccurate. In fact, this is the this is something that I've known for a long time. I, I learned it first when watching The Mind Explained on Netflix years ago. And then, you know, reading the work of Joe Dispenza and like different things that I have read over the last couple of years and being trained in timeline therapy and different NLP techniques I I kind of know that our memories are not accurate and there's powerful techniques to rewire and to introduce new information to memories because as Melissa Tears was talking about in this workshop she was saying that memories are malleable and so when you when the best way to preserve a memory is to not recall the memory because every time you recall the memory it's like recalling a Word document and then just changing one word and hitting save. The only copy that you have is the one where the one word was saved. And she actually, I this is again from that workshop, so I just want to quote and um, I want to give credit appropriately. But she was talking about a study that someone did where when the Challenger exploded, um, it was either, I don't remember if it was a high school or a university, but they did a study of all of the freshmen and had them write a recollection of their experience of that event right down to where they were, where they were wearing, what happened, like everything. And then they, they had them do it again their senior year. And n- like none of the accounts like resembled the original accounts because our memories are that malleable like my memories of 9-11 while I think that they are vivid as hell I don't actually know what my memories of 9-11 are because they could be influenced by the tv they could be influenced by the fact that I was 15 they could be influenced by things that I'd heard I mean sometimes people actually have memories of being places that they weren't I mean we can think about the Mandela effect and how all of these people thought Nelson Mandela died in prison when he didn't or I remember or the Bernstein Bears I remember the Bernstein Bears but it's clearly the Bernstein Bears which I I have memories that it was the Bernstein Bears and I have no idea why it's the Bernstein Bears or Berenstain Bears. Like I, I don't know. Our memory is so weird and fluid like that. Um, You guys can Google all of this, by the way. I, I don't want to go looking for sources because I'm lazy. Um, but all of this is like readily Googleable if you just want to go to YouTube University. Uh, but I was, I was talking about uh, this to my mom and I mentioned it and my mom's first reaction was to say well that's dangerous what about all the holocaust deniers and I was like well clearly the holocaust happened we have lots of photographs um we cannot deny that the holocaust happened no more than we can deny that 9-11 happened we can't deny that all these things happened because there's evidence that it happened I I'm like let's not go jumping off the deep end here I'm talking about your recall of shit 
like if you have a fight with your boyfriend or husband or mother or brother or child, your recall is not accurate. That's all I'm saying. And neuroscience and all of these things back me up. Well, you know, the thing I've noticed is that, you know, sometimes bringing up information can be triggering. So I, when I bring up information with my family members, sometimes that can be triggering and they respond in a way that makes me feel unsafe they don't do anything that actually makes me unsafe so I want to like I want to explain what this is they don't do anything that makes me unsafe they just you know do do stupid shit like talk over me or 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 like dumb shit like that right like like that's not unsafe right it's not unsafe to have your mother or your brother or your stepfather or grandmother or any of those people talk over you like that's not unsafe But if I, when I was four or five years old, determined that saying something and triggering one of those people and having that response, if that happened at that point, well, at that point, it actually was unsafe, right? See, here's the the cool way the brain works. Because at that point in your life, like at that point, your very survival was dependent on these people. So if you upset them by something that you said or did and they responded in that particular way. Now, obviously, when I was four or five, I wasn't talking about neuroscience. Like, I, I could have been talking about anything. I could have been saying, you know, I drew a car on a piece of paper at Apple Tree Primary School. Like, it, I don't know what it, what it would have been. You know, it could have been anything. But when you upset your parents... At that age, they are the ones dependent on your survival. So the brain says, oh, you did this and it, it elicited this response. That's not safe. They're the ones that are keeping you alive. They're perfect. You're imperfect. You better fucking change that. Uh, I pulled a lot of this from Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shermain. So if you want to read about the development of the ego, you could also like read about the development of the ego and pretty much any psychology text that you want to read um but this is where I'm kind of pulling the development of the ego and like he was talking about the different ways that we develop and the different programs of the ego that develop as saboteurs and things like that so if I make my mother upset or I trigger her by bringing up some sort of something right it's not that she her reaction is making me unsafe it's that the child that has not realized they're actually not in danger. Like issues are in the tissues. So I went through a program with Sean Smith called, um, it was Elite Certification uh, Coaching Program. Elite Coaching Certification Program, ECCP. And we, and what he does is he uh, has trademarked his work, Neurotransformational Coaching. And it's all about locating things in the body and being able to, you know work with that like you start with that like because the physical body does respond respond to the mind right like we we feel it in our body it's stored in our body issues are in the tissues Joe Dispenza talks about the body becoming the mind um there's the book the body keeps score like we have all of that so when I was at this um at this crossroads right like having this experience in my kitchen or whatever I was whatever I was doing I think it was in the kitchen and um, this this was a little bit, this had kind of moved forward. I'm, I'm leaving out a lot of irrelevant details. I felt this feeling in my arms, like my arms tensed up, like getting ready for like fight or flight. Like my arms became like 
tingly and hot and I felt all the blood rush to them and I remember being a child and like feeling like that same feeling and not having an outlet for it and like not understanding and not being able to like hit things or not being able to break like I remember I used to break things I remember one time I took my my Game Boy and smashed it off my forehead because I had all of this because something was going on and someone wasn't listening to me and I was not being validated and I and I had all that blood rushing to my arms and I didn't know what to do with it and I was like really freaking out so I just took the Game Boy and I smashed it as hard against my forehead as I possibly could because I didn't know how to process that when I was like 16 or 17 I put like put a cigarette out on my arm same trigger because I didn't know what to do I didn't have a healthy I didn't have healthy coping mechanisms I had not been taught them I had not developed them they were not present I'm not trying to like get into my trauma with you guys but like this is shit right so now that I've gone through all this training and I've been doing work with clients and I've been noticing things and been more attuned to notice things in my body Instead of having reaction and yelling, which is what I typically would do, uh, I was very calm and I, and I was, and I was just, I just noticed and I, and I was just, I just stated very much that my experience was mine alone and had nothing to do with anyone else. And I went upstairs and I sat on the floor in, in, you know, the best that I, the, the best Lotus that I could get into. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like, like bottom half chunky and I don't really can't do the Lotus, you know? <laughs> And I, I allowed myself to feel the feeling in my arms. And I allowed myself to realize I'm not in any danger. I was never in any danger. I was never in any danger then. And I'm not in danger now. And the reactions that are happening from other people are not, are not dangerous. And they have nothing to do with me. They have everything to do with them and nothing to do with me. And as I was allowed myself just to feel those things not want to punch not want to kick not want to scream not to want to be reactive but I allowed myself to feel the feelings in my arms the emotion came up and the tears flowed out of my eyes because that's the way, one of the ways we move energy you know I'm not crying because I'm sad I'm crying because I'm moving that through my body like I'm feeling that and I'm, I'm literally moving that out of my body it's, it's it's in my body. It needs to release. I got to get the get it the fuck out. Like if you guys ever catch yourselves crying, do not stop yourselves. Just go. And I'm like, I felt that. And I was like, I got to let this pass. Um, the Untethered Soul is another great resource for y'all to listen to. Um, and it passed. And it was fine. And there was no, there was no, as I, as I was left, after I allowed the feeling, I felt the feeling, I allowed the feeling to pass, I allowed it to leave, there was no anything left. There was no ill will. There was no upset over reactions about the, the neuroscience that I was talking about. There, there was no, um, there was no, and there was other stuff too. It wasn't just about the, the memory, um, the memory video. It was other, there was other things that I said that that may have triggered a response but there's no upset about any of it because I realized that that's nothing to do with me I'm just going to feel my feeling and understand that those things I feel in my body are not 
unsafe. So just so you guys know, this is the magic that happens in my one-on-one coaching. I am trained to do this with other people. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one in the new year, please do apply. Go to my website. Uh, Right now I have a bi-weekly option that is going away because I don't think that it is of service, but I am keeping it till the end of the year if you want to be one of the last people to jump on that. Otherwise, there's a coaching application. It's very short. I'm going to be elongating it over the next month. I just have a lot of stuff to do with day one's reopening and and that's another thing that's going to be happening I'll talk about later. But if you if you want to have releases of shit you've been holding on to for 30 or 40 years, this is stuff that you you could you could hit me up about because I'm trained to do this. I'm trained to do the work on others. I'm trained to do the work on myself. And I'm trained to really look at things from a lens that's powerful because this is a a test. It's a spiritual test. And as we get around family, like we can trigger them because honestly, anyone else could have probably mentioned that same information to my family members and they would not be triggered because they don't take it personally, right? Like if it's, if the delivery method, like if I, like, for example, like if my brother uh, delivered information to me, I might be triggered by it. I might be triggered by his delivery, whereas I might not be triggered by just somebody I used to work with because the personalization of the relationship with my brother would have, would be much more intense and I might make meaning, like my, our minds make meaning, our minds love to make meaning. So that's just a that's just a, a way to practice non-reactivity, and I hope that was useful for you guys. I'm also going to be talking about all of this in the class. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be 90 minutes. Again, tomorrow night, 11:29, 7 p.m. on All Takes. There's a note. There's a um, a link in the the show notes to that. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about is the fact that the holidays. Uh, function as a discriminative stimulus which is something in behavioral studies that means it, it's something either an environment or or an event or something that elicits a behavioral response so in the holiday survival guide which there's also a link to that in the show notes um, you can read about my grandmother so this year my grandmother was doing that whole I don't know if I'm coming over you know all this stuff she does all this crap every year and it, it upsets my mom because, you know, she does it every year and it and it's so stupid. And last year in a series of emails that I did, and I used some of those emails to, along with stuff from the year before, to make the holiday survival guide. In those emails, I wrote about how the holidays serve as an SD for my grandmother and she begins to, air quotes, act up. And... I wrote about the things that she typically starts to do and she doesn't even know she's doing them. She's going to be 92 years old. Like she's going to, she was born in 1931. She's going to be 92 in February. So we're just about there. She's so hardwired into her rigidity that she doesn't even, like she can't even learn anything new. Like I talk about her as the most cognitively rigid person that I've ever met because she doesn't know how to use an ATM. She doesn't know how to pump gas. She doesn't know how to use a cell phone. She doesn't know how to operate a computer. She doesn't have cable TV. Like everything is lost on her. And so we were talking, I, you know, she, every year, her behavior is just on autopilot. Like her behavior begins and then it just, it just happens. And it upsets the people in my family because the people in my family um, take it at face value rather than, but this year I, I pulled up the survival guide because see, I did the, the trick I talked about in the beginning of the podcast and I'd written things down and I pulled it up and I read it to my mother. I'm like, hey, this is what I wrote in the holiday survival guide. And and it, my mom was, was you know, seemingly actually seemed like a, like a wave of peace. 
kind of appeared because it happens every year and now there's documentation like hey this is happening and look it's predicted it's not you're not crazy she does it every year not that she ever thought she was crazy but you know what I mean and uh, it was just something. So the so what I wanted to, to note to note is that I'm noticing in my group day one that a lot of people are feeling emotional heaviness uh, right around this time, and that's because the holidays serve as an SD for that. So if a bunch of people like if you're feeling heavy and like and okay whatever you're feeling heavy, you don't exactly know what it is. But if you're in a room and like everybody's feeling heavy, there might be a macro level system at play, and that might be something to deal with the. Um, the holidays and like the, the pressure and the 20 day month and all the things that I described. So I would give yourself some motherfucking grace. Give yourself some motherfucking grace. Just give yourself grace. Try to not pass judgment on yourself for how you are, what you're feeling, what's going on. There's nothing wrong with you. This is something that affects us. And at some point you can get to a place where it doesn't affect you. But it takes a lot of active work for a really long time. So give yourself some grace. Give yourself grace in this season. I'm going to be doing another episode next week along the lines of the holidays just to continue with my holiday series. And... Um, yeah, I just want to continue having these conversations. If you guys are looking to have some tools or to have some one-on-one time with me, um, the class is tomorrow night at 7 p.m., November 29th at 7 p.m., 2022, on All Takes. There's a link in the show notes. This class is completely free. The value is out the wazoo. Like, this is something that I that I would and have charged money for. But I, I'm doing it because I think that it's it's necessary and it's of service at this time. Um, another thing that's happening is that day one is open now and it's closing December 1st. Um, if you want to come to the class tomorrow, I want to let you know it is not going to be one giant sales pitch for day one. So just I just want you to know that because I think a lot of times people think that and that's why they don't want to go to shit because they're like, this is just going to be a sales pitch. No, I don't believe in it. I hate fucking fluffy shit. That has no substance. We're going to actually talk about the holidays and what happens in the holidays. Discriminative stimulus. We're going to talk about triggers. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about time management. We're going to talk about all that stuff and how to make things happen. We're going to talk about food, bodies, um, oh, all the all the all the shit. So um, tomorrow night, seven o'clock Eastern, seven p.m. Eastern. It's going to be on all takes. Find the link in the show notes. What else? Um, that's it for today. Day one is open until December 1st. That's where I left off. So if you want to join day one, we're going to have an all new course to help you along with the day one mindset. That's the day one mindset course, which is um, rewire your Western brain to slay your goals. Although we're going to talk about process over goals in the course, which is going to be happening. And that's going to be, um, as of now, I'm closing at December 1st. I might extend it a few days, but I don't think so. So please get in before before that deadline that that would be great because I would really love for us to get started the first call of that cohort is going to be 12-3 so mark your calendars for that we're going to have all kinds of good stuff happening it's going to be on overthinking expectation falling into paralysis stuff with time management it's going to be a great call it's going to be a great call it's so worth um so worth showing up so worth enrolling the community of people is powerful as hell those women are doing heavy lifting in their lives and they're here to help you 
help themselves and help you um, elevate to the highest version of yourself. And we're going to be talking about how to rewire your brain so that you can move forward. So day one, there's a link in the show notes to that. Uh, Last thing, it is the holiday season. This is my 98th episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. If you would like to support the Get the Fuck Off podcast financially, there is a link to leave me a tip in the tip jar in the show notes Please, um, if you feel that you get value out of this podcast and you would like to contribute, I, I would I would receive that. I would it would be it would be well received on my end. Um, I obviously do this as a labor of love and passion for everybody, and uh, I don't intend to stop. We're almost at a hundred episodes. I have a really special guest for my hundredth episode. I can't wait to introduce this person to you all. But that's not today. I'll be back next week, everybody, with an episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Check the show notes for all the links of everything I mentioned on this episode. The class, which is happening tomorrow night on All Takes. Day one registration. um, The tip jar. All of those things are in the show notes, so please definitely check all that out. I love you guys. Stay beautiful. I will be back next week. I'll see you.